This is the MyHeart.net podcast. This show is produced by Dr. Philip Johnson in conjunction with VitalEngine.com. Please welcome your host, Dr. Elaine Bouchard, a cardiology specialist of Birmingham, Alabama, at St. Vincent's Medical Center, part of Ascension. Welcome to our podcast on MyHeart.net. And in our cardio-oncology series today, we're going to discuss the late cardiac effects after stem cell or bone marrow transplant. And with us today, we have two very special guests. We have uh, Dr. Wendy Botner, who is at the VCU Health uh, in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And we have Dr. Carrie Lenneman, who's um, associate professor at the University of Alabama in Birmingham. So doctors, thank you very much for taking the time on this gorgeous Sunday afternoon and help us you know, with this podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So today uh, in, in our series of cardio-oncology, we'll discuss these late cardiac effects in cancer patients, um, both children uh, as well as adults, including the young adults, who are undergoing a stem cell or bone marrow transplant. So we'll try to focus on, you know, first, what is a bone marrow transplant? How does it really work? And we'll discuss some of the acute risk and finish by looking at the late effects, you know, in uh, in this transplant. So let's start with uh, Wendy, maybe. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, stem cell transplant, about the different types of transplant and, and how does it really work? Um, so, you know, we think of stem cell transplant as something rare, but um, actually about a a million um, transplants are performed worldwide. Um, and in the U.S., that's probably about 20,000 every year. The two main types of transplants are allogenic and autologous. And allogenic transplants make up a little more than half, about 60% of transplants that are performed. Uh, these usually involve transplant transplantation with donor cells um, versus the autologous transplants involve transplantation with the patient's own cells. Allogenic transplants are more commonly used for um, hematologic malignancies and other types of autoimmune deficiencies, hemoglobinopathies, metabolic diseases, whereas autotransplants would be more commonly used for things like lymphoma or multiple myeloma. Okay, so Carrie, how does it, how do, how do you do a, a bone marrow transplant? How, do you, how does it right. really work? So what, kind of how I talk it over with my patients who are coming to see us, I, I really talk to them about how is this accomplished? It means that first you usually have an abnormality in your bone marrow. It's either the lymphoma, the leukemia, or myeloma. So you have bad cells that are currently occupying the bone marrow space. And what we do to sort of knock those cells down to get rid of it is you basically um, treat them with high dose chemotherapy and or radiation to eradicate um, the, the bad cells, the cells you want to get rid of. And then that's sort of called a conditioning regimen. And then after that, then you then you put back in the um, the good cells, whether it's an aloe, meaning that's derived from someone else 
or an auto derived from the patient um, beforehand, before they actually eradicate the bone marrow, they take the, some of the good cells to re sort of infuse. And then unfortunately there's this time period. This is probably the most vulnerable period where our transplant patients go through. We wait for engraftment. We wait for those good cells that have been circulating in the system to actually go to the bone marrow and start producing normal, healthy cells. And probably it's that period where we as in cardio-oncology um, inter interact with some of our stem cell transplant patients because that's the most vulnerable period for sepsis or infection. Um, and a lot of times um, we'll see significant arrhythmias and things that will occur during that period where, where their counts are down and, and their whole system is just um, unfortunately vulnerable and just a huge physiologic stress for patients during that time. You start talking about you know, some of the complication. Uh, Wendy, tell us a little bit about this, some of the acute effect uh, and some of the risk that you have in in, um, in acutely and in, in short term after heart, a, a bone marrow transplant. Um, so like Carrie mentioned, one of the things that occurs is people's counts will go down. So infection is a big factor that needs to be considered after transplant. Um, sometimes there can be direct toxic effects from chemotherapy itself. And then also when you're considering um, an allogenic transplant where someone is um, receiving bone marrow from a donor, there's also the opportunity to develop graft versus host where the donated immune system um, may start to attack the um, recipient's body. So, Carrie, let, let's see, uh, you know, we're, we have someone who's had, uh, you know, a bone marrow transplant or stem cell transplant. What are some of the uh, long-term, you know, cardiac complications that we can expect in this patient population? Sure. I mean, you can imagine these patients receive high-dose chemotherapy, which um, when you think about chemotherapy and its effects, you uh, um, obviously, depending on what type of chemo, they can develop heart, fa heart failure. So looking for these individuals with some screening echoes and being more attuned to their symptoms. And you know, if they're saying they're starting to have more dyspion exertion or more orthopnea or more swelling, I mean, obviously your antennas for possible heart failure go up. Um, depending on if they've had to have radiation, um, you can also be concerned about ischemic heart disease, you know, especially if they've had uh, radiation on top of having already had pre-existing conditions such as hypertension, hyperlipidemia, or diabetes, that would raise your concern for possible ischemic heart disease. And then not uncommon is they, they might develop arrhythmias. Um, AFib and um, uh, significant ectopic atrial rhythms are very common in transplant survivors as well. So something to, to think about and stay in tune with your patient about possible side effects. Wendy, how can we um, you know, prevent complication yeah, that's a great question. And I think um, part of it is recognizing that um, there's a lot of different factors that contribute to this risk. Um, so like we've talked about, some of it is related to the um, therapies used to treat the cancer. Some of it is related to the therapies used to condition or prep the patient's body for the bone marrow transplant. And then in people who received an aloe transplant, some of this may be related to graft versus host. But when you're thinking about um, what these different risk factors cause, uh, one of the more unifying themes is that this uh, treatment experience will often cause an increased burden of cardiovascular risk factors. And so to give you an example, oftentimes if someone is experiencing graft versus host disease, one of the foremost treatments for that may be a steroid like prednisone. And so then, you know, someone who already, um, 
perhaps had a little bit of an issue with weight gain or with blood sugar um, or with blood pressure now has that exacerbated and it can become kind of a continuous problem. So a lot of what we can do is try to work with individuals on modifying those risk factors. Um, I found that for Um, a number of our transplant patients who have required chronic steroids, one of the biggest factors that they're trying to work on is the um, weight gain that unfortunately was associated with that need for steroids. And so we um, work on plans, um, sometimes including medications to try to help with that and get folks kind of as optimized as possible. Is there a particular age group that is more at risk? I mean, obviously we're doing these these procedure, transplant procedure in, in, in children, in young adult, and, and then, which I call maybe from 15 to um, 39, you know, and, and then the adult population, which, um, you know, I, w- I would expect as you're older, uh, are, you, are you more at risk of developing a cardiac complication? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question. I think what we know from the data is that um, in general, being a transplant patient at a young age, being exposed um, when you're younger and having to go through that, that by the time you're in your 40s, you have um, as many, if not more, cardiovascular issues than maybe a counterpart in their 50s or 60s. So obviously being a young patient who ends up going through a stem cell transplant is at much higher risk than their counterparts. But then the same on the flip side is if you are a transplant patient that may develop multiple myeloma, which usually tends to occur later, a little bit later in life, you're maybe your late forties, fifties, or sixties, you already sort of have some pre-existing issues, whether it's a little hypertension or maybe some glucose intolerance, or, um, you know, you might already have borderline lipid profiles. You're, those are going to be magnified with our um, current treatment modalities. As Wendy was saying, a lot of these individuals get steroids, become less active because they don't feel as well. So they, um, they have weight gain, which, you know, a lot of my patients are like, wait a minute, I'm a cancer patient. Why am I not losing weight? Um, and they're just these typical ebbs and flows that unfortunately occur during their treatment because of the different medications we have to give them for their treatment course. So it seems like as cardiologists, adult cardiologists, as we see these patients, it looks like we need to put a lot of emphasis on primary prevention again and and uh, ready to try to detect problem or treat problem early because there's increased mortality, right? And, and I think, you know, just to, to take it one step further, we also need to appreciate that for example, um, some of these patients may have put, been put into premature menopause or, you know, are dealing with situations like that where endocrine issues that have arisen as a result of treatment also have subsequent cardiovascular implications. Carrie, anything else uh, to add uh, for this very, very special group of patients who've had, you know, bone marrow transplant? No, I think, I think Wendy, just one other thing, I think Wendy adds a great point. I, I just think in general for all of our cardio-oncology patients, especially for females, we probably need to do a better um, better job at taking histories to find about, about menopausal status, as well as the effects during pregnancy, because we know people that develop gestational diabetes or preeclampsia, that is a risk factor for them developing cardiovascular disease. And I'd say as a whole, um, we in cardiology maybe don't always do as good of a job in our female histories as we should. 
like Wendy was saying, I think obviously chemotherapy is magnifying these changes in hormones and endocrinopathies that can occur. So um, something we should all just be more in tune with when we're talking to our patients and getting a really good history. And, you know, that's a great point, Carrie, because I think the other part of that is when we're seeing younger patients who maybe are in the family planning stage, you know, providing education for them, too, in terms of what do we recommend in terms of cardiac surveillance during pregnancy, because we know that's a time of, you know, higher cardiac demands. Um, And that's an area in cardio-oncology that still is kind of gray and up for a lot of debate. But certainly, I think that our survivors warrant increased attention when they're going through pregnancy. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Botner and Dr. Lenneman. Um, that was a great kind of overview of the late cardiac effects after stem cell or bone marrow transplant. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. To learn more from our team of cardiologists, please visit us at myheart.net. You can also follow us on social media by searching myheart.net on Facebook and Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our next episode.